Okay, we are back. Ed Carvajal and Matt Hawkins here with the Coast to Coast Combat Hour brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Make sure you check out AllAccessMMA.com for your mixed martial arts news. Uh, we're coming to you after Bellator 290 and leading up to the, the one of the best marketed cards by the UFC, UFC 284. Uh, Matt, you were in-house at Bellator 290. I mean, we might as well look back at uh, the closing of one of the best uh, heavyweights in mixed martial arts ever's uh, final fight. How was it, man? Uh, I was glad I was there. Um, I had to be there, and it worked out to, uh, you know, with all the legends and stuff in the cage at the very end. Mm. Um, obviously, the outcome wasn't what... I was hoping for, or most old school MMA fans were hoping for, or probably most MMA fans in general that mm. aren't uh, aren't Zufa zombies or former Zufa zombies or whatever we're calling mm. them these days. Um, I wasn't surprised. You know, my heart wanted Fedor to win, but the minute he came out and his hands were down at his mm. hips, um, it became clear to me that this was going to be a replay, essentially, of the first fight, and it was just going to be as minute Bader landed. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then we got the typical Herb Dean allowing him to get hit in the back of the head about a half a dozen times. <laughs> um, you know, not that that would have made a difference. It, no. wasn't, it wasn't a fight changing thing. It was just kind of a frustrating thing to, to be like, you know, and see the replays in, in the afterwards. You're kind of like, well, he kind of let him get away with, you know, a good, a good half dozen hammer fist kind of the back of the head, punch yeah. the back of the head. Um, <clears throat> But no excuses. Uh, for those fans listening, I was on the Living Death podcast with uh, with Ant Walker and Ben Duffy and Jay Petrie on uh, Monday, and and we got kind of into it a lot. But um, you know, I I just I, I you know I, I felt like they they a couple of them were commenting how they felt like it was um, sadder than the first time Bader beat him, and for me it wasn't. For me it was more of a, a it was a conclusion. Uh, <clears throat> the Bader one, you knew Fader was going to come back. And you were kind of just disappointed. It was the end of a tournament. It w- it was kind of a huge, huge letdown. Whereas this one wasn't like you didn't have. I didn't have the belief necessarily that he was going to be able to to pull off the big victory. And and then to have the conclusion at the end, kind of you know, I, I kind of it sounds weird, but I kind of compared it to like a funeral of somebody who passes, but they lived to be a hundred years old and like lived a really good life. Like mm-hmm. he had a great career. Like there's nothing really to be sad about. Sure. The ending is ugly, but it's been ugly for every other fighter that we've ever seen yep. or loved in this. <laughs> so, yeah. To me to have all the other fighters in the cage and be putting their arm around him and it kind of be like, okay, you're with us now, you know, you're, 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 you're part of the club, you know, you, you were always kind of the, the president of the club, but now you're just, uh, you know, a peasant. You're, you're with us again now. And now we're just this group of, of, uh, the golden era of MMA, you know, it's uh, a couple of the guys are the pioneers, you know, you had Hoist and stuff out there and even Henzo, uh, goes into the, to the mid mid nineties. But for the most part, uh, it was the, the 2000 to, 2015 to up till to, to you know just to last weekend you know with Shogun and stuff mm-hmm. era of fighters so was it was it was I you know I wasn't uh I mean I wasn't happy but at the same time like there was kind of a piece of like okay like I'm here I get to see this he has everybody around him that that really praised him his whole career guys he fought guys he wanted to fight guys who wanted to fight him and it it it, it Although I, I wasn't happy necessarily with the way Bellator did it, I thought that Ariel Hawani actually 
gave Coker the the blueprint on mm-hmm. doing it at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as them ha- for that photo opportunity, um, I think that that was the way to go. It sounded like Coker was on board with that, and then kind of they just didn't do it. I'm sure CBS and Showtime or whoever yeah. have their have their say in how all that goes. But um, you know, uh, like you said when you, when you started this, the end of a career of one of the greatest of all times. And I said on the show earlier this week, like whether you have him number one, whether you have him number three or whether you have him number 25, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. There's been thousands and thousands of MMA fighters and he was one of the greatest. And for a, you know, seven, eight year run, he was the pound for pound number one fighter in the world mm-hmm. as a heavyweight. We don't see that anymore. You know, you, you just don't, he's the only one really. I, I don't know if anybody, maybe Lesnar got there for like a weekend, but I think that was all the Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre time that kind of overlapped him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had John Jones, who I, in theory, I guess, if he wins the heavyweight title, um, could, could creep into that position, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, depending on the Volkanovsky Islam fight that we're going to get into and stuff. But, um, you know, I just, you know, it, it was a level of sadness for me. The only level of sadness for me is that, uh, Fedor is the one guy up until this past weekend that I could watch. He was the last one that gave me that feeling like when I first started watching MMA. And and I think fans, if you're really hardcore into the sport, you should know what that means in that sense that like, you, you know, your legs kind of shake. You get a little tight in the chest a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, you're nervous. It's, it's that feeling that, you know, you sweat a little bit. Like it's what really, you know, made me sit down and watch pay-per-views for 25 years on a Friday night when this was going out. And I was like, I know I have to see what Dan Henderson's going to do. I got to see what Randy Couture is going to do. You know, I got Kevin Randleman's going to do. Yeah. All those guys that were standing there were the, were those guys. Yeah. You know, and and Fader was the last one. And the one that Mm -hmm. gave me that live experience that, um, that brought my friends together. Like, and, and when he, especially when he was undefeated through like the affliction era and stuff and, yeah. and just, and they were lo- luckily where I live, I was able to have local events by me where he was successful. Yeah. Not and, everybody could see him. Yeah. You're right. I you mean, know, so it, I had to wait for the band to get lifted here to even, I mean, thankfully I was here. I was able to be here to cover one of his fights when he fought Chael Sonnen here in the garden. But, um, it's definitely, like you said, it, it was, it's, it's, uh, there's that photo. Everyone shared that photo um, of all the legends that came to, to wish him well in his retirement. But there, it's symbolic of like that's I mean, the, I, I've said it before about especially in the last year, the guard has changed so much in MMA. And the, the, that's kind of like this was kind of like the ultimate guard change. But, um, one, you know. People like to shit on Bellator, and I know I know you said that uh, you guys did a lot on the Living Death uh, thing, which, by the way, the link to that is in the description for folks that missed it and want to see it because we know those guys over there at the Living Death Podcast. That's uh, part of the roundtable here of old-school MMA fans but um, and media. <clears throat> but the um, the thing about, about, about um, this particular guard change is, like, you look at a difference between – Fedor fighting his last fight and making it be known beforehand and Glover Teixeira doing the same thing. You look at look at the send-off that he got fighting for Bellator versus, you know, Glover, Anderson Silva, anybody that, that did their last fight in the UFC. It was It's almost like, okay, yeah, you get your moment, you put your gloves down in the cage, and now you can fuck off so we can make money off the next young guy. Whereas, like, Scott Coker made it a point to to get all these guys in there and 
And if you watch a post-fight press conference, a lot of those dudes called him first and said they wanted to be there. You know, we just don't, you don't see that in the UFC. And I don't think you're going to see that anywhere else. I mean, now that Coker did it, you'll probably see other people try to copy it. But that just goes to to show you his his love for martial arts and the martial arts way. He mentioned Bushido in the post-fight press conference, like how, how Fader is kind of like a, a, an embodiment of that in mixed martial arts. And, you know, that's why his his retirement was so symbolic. But, um, you're, you know, it's not it's not a company, you know, going through the motions thing over there. They, they actually care about, you know, martial arts and the fighters and stuff like that. So I, I thought it was really cool. And I know that fo- that that photo's been. I'm gonna feature that photo in my newsletter for folks that haven't seen it. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting over COVID, so sorry if I sound like an old man. Yeah, no, um, and I, I agree with you. And none of our none of our comments on that other show were that were had anything to do with the way and the respect that Bellator has for its fighters and for the legends of this sport. It was more some of the behind the scenes thing, um, you know, just for our listeners, if they don't catch that show, like for one example was like the posters and t-shirts were basically sold out mm. within five minutes of the doors open. Holy shit. Wow. And not because there was a thousands of them to sell because they didn't have really any. Mm. Um, so it was kind of that kind of thing. Um, we, I, I, Opening the gate with Caldwell um, and and mm. eventually getting Gracie to the post limbs and kind of flying through the Alejandra Lara's and mm-hmm. the Albrechtson's Neil fight. And um, it just felt like it was such a quick whirlwind right out the gate that uh, that it, it, it felt to me a little bit like it took away from the fact that it was such a stacked card. Yeah. Because and and I for TV I get it for TV or YouTube it's awesome because they're flying through the fights. Yeah. But for the live experience when you got that ramp and mm-hmm. you got the fire you got the lighting and all that stuff to kind of just run dudes down the ramp and and do it it, it it to me it took away from a little bit of the uh, shine that some of those fights should have had. So yeah, that that was that was some of the criticism, some of the yeah. ticket stuff <clears throat> a little bit. Uh, you know, events can listen mm-hmm. to that, that was for future events and stuff. Um, some of their ticket sales process they're going through right mm-hmm. now seems odd to me as somebody who buys a lot of tickets. But uh, overall, um, I thought the fights were entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I it was but re- fair- really really quick just to Go get ahead. back to to Fedor and and the walls because there's people I don't understand why he's as good, you know. Uh, well respected and 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 you know admired by folks like you and I and folks that have been following this sport for a long time. So shout out to Scott Fontana over at the New York Post. I want to share a tweet because he uh, he likes to keep uh, his own numbers and data for certain things. So I want to share this tweet that he posted to understand why Fedor is ranked. And he he put it under a quote of Dana White when you know of course Dana White took a, his moment to shit on Fedor. But um, I want to share this tweet here. From Scott Fantana, <clears throat> per my running tally from Fight Matrix generated historical rankings, Fedor is four and one against top five at the time opponents, thirteen and four against the top ten, fifteen and six against the top fifteen of all time, and several UFC Hall of Famers are in there. If you don't follow Scott Fantana, again he's uh, he's at the New York Post and he he covers combat sports for them, um, but he does a lot of interesting tweets like that, and I, I feel like him putting those numbers out there should kind of like help these the the TikTok fan base that the UFC is aiming for now um kind of like see why 
why he's he's considered as good as he is. Uh, Dana White's just sour grapes because he never got him. But I mean, if you look at who was in the cage in there, there with him, I mean, the, again, those were all UFC former UFC guys. I mean, I wrote a top five fight uh, thing over at my MMA News that I, I I couldn't talk when I had COVID last the week of his his final fight. So all I could do is write, and I wrote that article. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But I listed five fights. One of those fights was when he fought Andre Arlovsky at Affliction. Arlovsky was like a top, what was he? Number I, two. Yeah, at the time. Number two in the world. I, I've actually went into it with a few guys on Twitter over the last week or so. Um, some guys I've picked yeah. just to kind of uh, mm-hmm. go after because they, they run their mouth and they say stupid stuff. Um, yeah, one of them. Uh, was pointing out that uh, we shouldn't count Arlovsky and Tim Sylvia's fights because uh, they were washed at the time. And I had to, you know, it, the one cool thing about the internet. Arlovsky wasn't washed, yeah. He was on a long fight winning streak. Yeah. But one of the cool things about the internet is it never disappears mm-hmm. when stuff's posted. So <laughs> sure dog and our boys over there, um, you can archive the rankings. So if mm-hmm. you Google 2008, uh, May May 2008 rankings, and at that time, for fans that don't know, Sugar Do- Sure Dog was the official rankings for MMA. They were there was no other real ranking company. They were maybe MMA Weekly, maybe uh, yeah. you know MMA Junkie. If it might have had some no, stuff, yeah, but everybody Sure, was, Dog, sure yeah. Dog was it. Um, yeah. Even the UFC acknowledged Sure Dog's rankings. And ESPN, um, yeah. In, in May of 28 uh, of 2002. Weeks before he fought Tim Sylvia, Tim Sylvia was the fourth ranked heavyweight in the world. Number two was Nagara that Fedor had already beaten twice. And number three was Randy Couture, who was in litigation with the UFC's UFC to fight Fedor. Mm-hmm. So there was there was no other fight. The other fighters listed were Verdun, was like six, who couldn't go, was a 500 fighter in pride, could never work his way there. Um, mm-hmm. And and, and uh, Ben Rothwell was 10. Uh, so, you know, cause it was, it, it was, it, it was, came off of some guy going, well, he shouldn't have been fighting Tim Sylvie. He should have been fighting Mir Carwin, JDS and JDS, all guys that weren't ranked at the time. Mir obviously yeah. was, uh, in theory, but he was coming off of his motorcycle injury. So mm-hmm. he was not ranked in the top 10, which yeah. is why Tim Sylvia and Noguera fought for the interim title at, mm-hmm. uh, at, uh, yeah. UFC, uh, you know, uh, I don't remember the number 87 or something like that, but, um, they, they uh that so that was that when he fought Andre Arlovsky, Arlovsky was the number two ranked heavyweight, and even after the loss to Fedor, uh, Tim Sylvia was still I think six or seven on the rankings, and then at that point you started getting Lesnar and stuff mixed in after that more around the Brett Rogers era. Well, I always hear everybody talk about Brett Rogers, and okay, in hindsight, yeah, but he was on a four fight winning streak over a couple really good fighters. John Murphy, who most fans won't know, was considered a good win back in two thousand nine. Uh, a bunch. Bundega Humphreys was on a, a brutal KO streak of a couple guys, and he had wins over uh, Josh Tom or uh, James Thompson and mm-hmm. uh, and Arlovsky, coming off of a win over the number two heavyweight in the world, a brutal knockout. Uh, our, Brett Rogers was ranked number six in the world, um, in a, and he was the highest ranked guy that Fedor could fight that wasn't signed to. Uh, mm-hmm. The UFC. On top of that, <clears throat> that whole time, eight of the top ten across the board were generally all strike force fighters or guys fighting in K1, like Overeem was kind of, or uh, Krokop at that point had been cut from the UFC and he was fighting um, some guys in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's all rewritten history. I'm sorry, but if you listen to Dana White, it, you you you, are, you lose credibility as a thinking fan. To <laughs> hear Dana White say he never thought. Uh, Fedor was one of the greatest of all time, but in the same way that yeah. he flew him out to an island on a private jet, 
<laughs> and offered him the biggest contract in UFC history. Do you think? The, do you think that he would honestly do that for somebody that he didn't think was going to be any good? Why would he? Why would he insist on an eight fight contract if he thought the guy was going to lose one fight and he was going to cut him? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to just use your brain, folks. If you if you listen to that guy, we have said it before on the show. He's the biggest liar in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of good for the sport, but you know, he's a liar. He's a wife beater. And that's, yes. what, that's what he is. <laughs> he's a wife beater. <laughs> and the other thing is too is uh, the you know, of course, he had to talk about the slap nuts uh, fighting, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, and he said that. <laughs> so of course, you know, like you said, the internet, the internet, it's out there for everyone to see. So he said that on uh, you know, the 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 slap nuts shit is the target audience is obviously TikTok, and he said that they had ten million views on TikTok, and then somebody posted the slap fighting uh, profile page that shows you their numbers. The, He's the like, interactions. Uh-huh. They had ten million views, and they're like, no, no, that's eight point seven. That's not ten. <laughs> so like he, but he's you know, but that's his job as a promoter to to pump things up. But that that's a difference between. His kind of promotion and and what Scott Coker d- does and and you know as much as like 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 people like to ask and people ask Scott Coker like UFC opinions and stuff like that and he always has the same answer you know I, I'm not worried about what they're doing I'm worried about what I'm doing you know I'm trying to get keep business going over here and and I think that's the way to be which is why I mean you know I I lately I actually just put it on Twitter recently because uh, one of the last it wasn't even a question at the, 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 they had their UFC event that, you know, in the middle of the night on the night of Bellator 290. So at the end of that press conference, it wasn't even a question, but someone just, someone that was there as media in the crowd just congratulated Dana White on what a good, good job he's doing as a promoter. Didn't even have a question for him. And that right there is kind of like, I'm just like, you know what, man? I think, um, I think that's why. And I, I put it on Twitter because that bothered me. I said, you know, this is why I prefer to cover Bellator and all the work I do with Spectation Sports, you know, um, regional events, uh, uh, grappling, one championship. I prefer to just do all of that. Everyone else is covering the UFC. So what the hell do you need me to regurgitate uh, 100 times the same bullshit? But uh, anyway, that's enough about Fader. I I think we need to uh, uh, give uh, Mr. Eblin some props, too, for... For uh, the win that he picked up, I mean, first of all, it was on CBS that card. Everybody saw it, including the old lady I work with, <laughs> who was just like, <clears throat> she even said to me, "There was fights on Saturday. Did you know that?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I knew that," because she ran into him. So if if this random old fuddy duddy and her her husband watched some MMA, that's because being on CBS was a good thing. They pulled in over a million. Uh, viewers 1.09 or 8 something like that are the final numbers from uh, bringing Bellator MMA back to CBS and Johnny Evelyn got to do his thing make his title defense against somebody that was supposed to beat him (laughs) it was close Uh, I mean as far as the odds Mm -hmm. went um, Mm -hmm. started off close I I, I had Tokov winning the first round I'm not sure uh, yeah I agree what what everybody else stopped but uh, and i thought the second round was even close but i gave it to eblin mm-hmm. uh based off i think at the end i think he kind of mm-hmm. did some stuff that uh that swung that especially, one especially yeah especially at the end and then from that point <laughs> on he it was it was the eblin show so um yeah i think he's good i i think he uh i think he potentially poses some problems for the stylistically for some of the mm-hmm. best well, middleweights in the world 
Um, I think he's a little too uh, green for for some of them at this point. Um, but uh, but he's only got 13 fights now. So uh, and, and I think he's you know a couple maybe two more years in Bellator, four four more fights, five more fights, and 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 maybe his contract runs out and he gets a chance to go after some of those. Uh, you know, the Adesanya's and, and, and those guys. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, his wrestling is is pretty impressive. Um, you know, I think he's got to tune up his striking a little bit. He, he got his uh, he got his eye caught uh, early and, and, and busted open uh, in the first mm-hmm. round, um, which can happen to anybody. But if that happens against a more uh, potent striker and, and your vision starts to go, it could potentially obviously lead to uh, to 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 demise. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, impressive. Mm. I, I, you know, we didn't do picks for this. I, it would have been, you know, Tokov's team Fedor, you know, me and my Homer picks would have been, but again, he was one of those guys where you're like, he's probably going to win, win the fight. He mm-hmm. stylistically, he, he, he just, he, when you're that good of a wrestler and you're able to control your opponents, um, as the fight grinds on, it's, it's such an advantage. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, like you said, the event was uh, – generally, I'm not a fan of, like, that many decision fights, but I don't know. There's something about it being on CBS. I, I hope with the with the ratings that they got, they do it – maybe do it quarterly, four times a year, if you have to do the stuff with Showtime. I'm not sure why they're not on CBS regularly. I feel like that would be profitable and better. Um, but I, but uh, can, You know, what, I, I, uh, I'd like to see them um... – Maybe twice a year right now, because I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like you you don't want to water it down mm-hmm. and bore that crowd with like kind of your average Bellator card. Not mm-hmm. to bash Bellator, <clears throat> like I think like that's that should be safe for like the Grand Prix Finals, mm-hmm. um, stuff yeah. like that, where you have like where it's a real where it really really means something, not just mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, Gome versus James or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You want to make sure it needs to be. And and I'd like to see now with Fedor moved on. I would love to see Bellator really focus on that generation that they created. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 McKees, uh, the Pitbulls. Like Pitbull should be featured on on CBS. Like he he's earned yeah, yeah. That, that right. Um, well, and, yeah, yeah. That that's definitely like I think that's. That was kind of the idea with putting the co-main event because you had you had their homegrown, you know, middleweights fighting each other, and then and then they had the you know the legends, you know, with Ryan Bader, the current heavyweight champion, who's you know from the UFC. Like it was definitely a nice. It's a nice setup to 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 kind of say here, this is our product, and we got a, we got a lot of good fights to to show you. I mean, if you didn't watch the prelims, I mean, uh, Lorenz Larkin's knockout was. Uh, you know that was a highlight reel. <laughs> yeah. No, that that and the and then the Brennan Ward uh, Homasi fight delivered exactly. And that that was it, yeah. Those back to back. It's a shame that we didn't get Larkin on the main card. And that's what yeah. I said earlier this week is like, if I had one thing to change or one thing that you know mm-hmm. uh, for Lorenzo Lorenz, Lorenz Larkin is he should never be on a prelim again. That yeah. guy that guy should always be on the main card. Yeah. Um, there's just too much potential. It's like putting Paul Daly on a prelim. Like there's just too much yeah. potential for that that. That uh, that highlight reel that, that highlight just, reel yeah. uh, you know yeah that blows up the internet and um, I mean had you had that and the Ward mm-hmm. fight back to back oh like, yeah. it seems to me like you would have had a lot of chatter going on online and and you maybe that one point uh, you know one goes to mm-hmm. one point you know two yeah. five or one point three yeah. 
you know, so, and that's where I think they dropped the ball, not having that big intro. I mean, I, you know, we, we joke about Ariel Hawani and stuff, but he nailed it with the idea. Um, the price. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like to give him credit for much, but, but when I saw that clip too, when he sold that idea to Coker and Coker even called it a $3 million idea. I mean, it definitely, it definitely would have worked. I mean, but um, it was still nice to see the, again, that photo up. Uh, I mean, I, I downloaded it. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I don't know what to make the cover for this podcast episode, whether it be that photo or the UFC 284, because we're going to close off with our, with the 284 picks. But I mean, that photos that, I mean, uh, it's, it's already the desktop, you know, it's my going to be my, my desktop background because that's pretty much like, it's iconic. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the guy, it's the people that made us want to watch this sport without that, without that Mm -hmm. room of fighters. Mm -hmm. I'm not watching MMA today. Yeah. It's true. It's just the truth. Yeah. And it included, I mean, you name it. Hoist Gracie, Matt Hughes, Couture, H- Rampage. Enzo, Couture, yeah. Barnett, uh, Fedor, obviously, Coleman, uh-huh. um, Frank Shamrock. Uh, it was it was just, it was unbelievable. And, and and just to know that there were certain people that were left in the crowd. I mean, you had, you had yeah. Chris Cyborg. Now, now guys, now she's a little bit the next kind of era up uh, as far as kind of starting in like 2007. But again, those were, those were people that reached out to Coker and were like, yeah, uh-huh. I, I want to be there. Like, how do you make, how do you make it so I can be there? Crow mm-hmm. um, was one of the ones that wanted to be there. Cause he actually wanted to like be there and present with flower. I mean, which would have been something, but you know, they couldn't get to travel and stuff together, but he mentioned that in the post-fight press conference. So um, I'm, I, I, I think he deserves a pat on the back for, for making that happen the way that it happened. It sucks that we couldn't get it, you know, earlier because of COVID and stuff. Because I know this was planned, but um, and the other thing too about the people want to talk about matching Bader and Fedor again, to, uh, you know, for the second time. But it, it was Fedor that kept asking for it. They presented him other uh, fights, and Fedor was the one that he just wanted to see. And that's what what all these fighters have to suffer from the same thing. They want to see if they still got it against the best in the world. So. Yeah, no, and that was one of the things mm-hmm. I talked about was in my world I wish they that wouldn't have been the fight, but you mm-hmm. can't if fighter wants that, that's what you gotta get. Um, you know, one of the disappointing news to kind of come out was hearing that it was offered to Anderson Silva and he turned yeah. it down to fight Jake Paul, and that obviously didn't work out well for mm-hmm. him either, other than the the, the amount of money he made. Mm-hmm. So I mean there was some potential there. I'd like to see Rise uh Ry- do a um not have Fedor fight because I would I would prefer Fedor yeah. never fight again. I'd like to see them do a ceremony. <laughs> it would be cool to see a ceremony in Japan for him though, where guys like Crow Cop and some of those other guys yeah. maybe could could you Next know some Ryzen of the Japanese event. fighters yeah. that that were you know the Ogawas and some of the guys he fought in Japan maybe uh, yeah. maybe you know Takata and those guys let them kind of do their same kind of uh, farewell to him yeah. in a, in a ceremony or. Um, you know, and I'd like to see him become an ambassador for the sport. I, I know he doesn't speak well, a lot of English, but just yeah, his- but that's actually so. Like even Coker said in the post fight press conference, he's like, he doesn't want to stop working with him. He wants him to do do ambassador type stuff, come to events, and kind of let's just like, you know, do media and 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 just you know be like just to because he said like he said something about the history of the the because this young sport because it's only thirty years or so close to 30 years old so he's like there's there's history that needs to be like but earmarked and guys like Fedor are, are part of part of the symbols of it and so he definitely wants to have him still do stuff so you, you got your wish there for sure 
I'd like to see Bellator do something like, you know, like the NBA has their logo, you mm-hmm. know, Jerry West logo. How about Bellator changing their logo and it being like a silhouette of Fedor or something like that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you used to have the, the, the gladiator guy, but maybe, you know, I don't know. Something like that would just be so cool because it would it would really lock him in as, as you know, for all time and eternity as, as somebody who, who had such reverence and everybody – you know, I mean, the only person to ever really have bad things to say about Fedor was Dana White, and that he had, re- you know, his his was money money pushing his opinion. He doesn't really believe that. If you had Dana White on on Truth Serum and sat him in a room, he would say he watched him fight every fight he ever fought, and, and, <laughs> yeah, and he was yeah. one of his favorite fights. You know what I mean? He said it before. Yeah. He said it while he was trying to get him. You know, when you catch him in the truth, and and um, and and that's where we're at. But yeah, a great career, uh, fun event, um. And uh, I, I, I think uh, I, you know Bellator is not going to get weaker because of the show. Um, I do think that they need to get back to their pre-pandemic uh, mm-hmm. kind of fighter, uh, like the the uh, meet and greets, the uh, Dave and Buster parties, that yeah. kind of stuff. I think that that helps bring fans <coughs> uh, and helps really fill out that last twenty percent mm-hmm. of the arena, which I've noticed has been kind of lacking um, as far as uh, uh, attendance. Um, for since since the pandemic uh, and, and the reopening of, of their live shows, so, um, but that's that. Uh, yeah. You know, we obviously want to jump into 284. I guess really, uh, really quickly, some other news. It looks like we're going to get uh, Conor McGregor and and uh, Michael Chandler, uh, mm-hmm. Ultimate Fighter coaches. Um, you know, I would have been more excited about this fight like two years ago when Chandler first came to the UFC, but we're going to get it now. It'll be a great fight, a fun fight to watch. Well. Not now, now, but it's definitely. I, I'm actually. I like the news. I think it's a, the perfect time for both men. You know, with 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 McGregor coming off the the injury and the loss, Chandler coming off a loss, and and he's at a point in his career where he's got to, you know, think about his future. So it's a big money fight for him. He definitely deserves the the payday, win or lose. But if if I'm looking at the matchup, I mean, on it, not for nothing. The the type of fighter that Chandler is with the wrestling base, I I, I think McGregor kind of has a good track record against when you look at when he fought like Chad Mendes and you know guys that that that, that have that similar style. McGregor does have a a, a positive in his history of de- with dealing folks like that, but you know when he beat those guys that were like that, he wasn't the million dollar man that he is. And you know that saying about the silk pajamas and getting up in the morning or do your work or whatever. So Chandler is still that guy that put that likes to grind, uh, you know, work out. Like you watch any of his training videos, you, you get sore watching him train. That's how Michael Chandler trains. I think I I, I love the matchup, but if I, I'm given the like talk about folks that have a dog in him and t- like the edge goes to Chandler just for the mere fact that he still wants to win more than get paid. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think so. I think that um, <clears throat> I I lean I give the slight favor to McGregor based off the fact that I think his his crisp strike like if if we get any kind of vintage McGregor yeah. his straight punch I think is going to cause mm-hmm. Chandler heavy heavy problems. Yeah, the, the issue with McGregor has been since kind of the um, I guess post uh, Habib. Um, he's uh, the Poirier fights primarily mm-hmm. he's kind of accepted taking punishment mm. like he's and and i think that you can't do that against chandler i think yeah. chandler's going to be like you mentioned the bulldog he's going to be in your face mm-hmm. and unless mcgregor is able to annihilate him early like he did something like eddie alvarez yeah i think that 
he's gonna. That's he's, a really good example. He's gonna take punishment <laughs> that he used to not take, and I don't think McGregor reacts as well to punishment as a lot of guys. I mean, Chandler even kind of folds up a little bit, but it's usually after taking like brain damage kind of. Detail, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. McGregor seems to fold sooner. McGregor seems to fold for me at the like the first sight of blood, the first mm-hmm. big punch. All of a sudden, he's he's yeah. backing off and slowing up. So right. I, whereas I, Michael Chandler's like fucking Brad Pitt and in, in Fight Club, my, yeah, he's like I'll just, eat, I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, just, I'll just eat your glove, but I'm gonna yeah. eventually go unconscious, you know. Yeah. So, um, but fun fight sounds like the Ultimate Fighters might have a fun uh, theme. Uh, Old cut or older fighters that were cut from the UFC coming back to fight yeah. newer generation. So add a little bit of flavor if we get some good names in there, um, mm-hmm. especially with the lightweight division apparently being involved. So you could get some dudes that don't like McGregor, some guys that you know maybe even don't like Chandler. Maybe they get yeah. some guys, uh, you know, from Bellator. You know, maybe we get Will Brooks back in there. You know, I mean, there's there's some guys that could potentially that, that would be yeah that that'd be strange, but yeah that that actually would be cool too. I mean, can you imagine Will Brooks training on yeah. McGregor's team against Chandler, who he beat twice yeah. uh, for the for the Bellator lightweight title in in, in Bellator? I mean, there, there's some potential for some storylines that can kind of revive. Yeah, and the, I, I the... think it's going to be on regular ESPN too, so everyone can watch it because it's it's you know because McGregor's involved. I feel like I I saw that somewhere. Be I'm smart. not. Uh, yeah, yeah, it would be, be smart. smart instead of putting it behind their fucking Disney paywall. paywall. Yeah, but so... um, the uh one other thing I want to say before we look at 284. As far as that matchup goes, is um, the other thing too is uh, um, you know, uh, the McGregor's to your point about his his uh striking and stuff. He's also got that weird for his frame, his reach. He's got an ungodly, you know, he's he always seems to have a reach advantage no matter who he fights for his size. And um, like you said, the way if 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 it comes to that first clash in the round one. Uh, and McGregor's timing, he could he could like, nail Chandler and and damage that nose further than it's already damaged. I was watching some interviews with him on ESPN, and it already looks like there's no there's no bridge there yeah. from all his you know from fighting Gaethje and everyone else he's fought. Everybody, so, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It, it it should be fun, but um, you know there is that thing about Usada. Uh, McGregor has to be in the Usada testing pool for a certain amount of time. So I'm I'm calling either July for international fight week for that, or probably November Madison Square Garden because you know if McGregor's on the marquee, if they're, they're they want to they want to come big either at T-Mobile or or MSG. So yeah, it all depends on when he officially went into the pool because mm-hmm. they said six months, but they can bypass all that. Yeah, I it's, it's all happened. it's all mob mob. Well, you know, anyway. and I mean, I think you'd have to be blind not to yeah. see that McGregor's clearly been taking drugs for the last year. So let's not put the chances of him testing positive. <laughs> you know, we, we learned about the whole picogram thing already. So apparently, yeah. you know, you could get an example. You, you could take steroids 10 years ago and still <laughs> yeah. have picograms yeah. according to John Jones. So anyways, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be fun to talk about that. Um obviously as as the ultimate fighter starts and um so, i I'm, I'm kind of excited about the prospect of having an excitement uh, exciting reason to watch that show so um yeah so we'll get into that but but this weekend uh we get into ufc 284 uh i feel me just mentioning it is already more than the ufc has done in the last uh, <laughs> couple weeks um their pound for pound one versus two uh volkanovsky versus makchayev um uh, 
You you even though you fucked up his name, you still did a better job than Dana White because at least he tried to. Ma, ma, maka, <laughs> maha, Makachev. Um, but it, uh, I don't I don't know, man. This card, this card uh, again. It's it's. It, I feel like they could do a better job of advertising it. Maybe they're putting too much money into slap nuts. But um, it is the the. the it's. It's, it's two. The, it's one great fight, one good fight, really good fight, and three prelims on the main card. <laughs> is basically. But the main event is really the the reason to watch because it's it's champ versus champ for. Uh, oh, I'm surprised there's no odds up on the UFC website. Well, you know, they probably don't know who's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's 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 uh, you know, like you said, this card's clearly being carried by the main main event mm-hmm. um the yes you, you really know. quick just because like like uh um this fight right here on the fight press prelims loma luke boon me versus elise reed i feel like that hasn't been mentioned enough as a muay thai uh a muay thai you know striker versus uh former cffc champ that uh our our girl jillian de Corsi, uh, fought for the title on short notice, so like that's a fight people are sleeping on. That's going to be on the early prelims that I feel like folks should watch, and I wouldn't be surprised if it if it's uh, one of the fights that are like close for a fight of the night uh, contender. There, look at the odds are the minus two eighty for for Loma and and uh, plus two thirty five for Reed. Um, just something to to put an earmark on if you're. Somebody looking at um, she's actually the favorite Loma. I thought she'd be the underdog, so it's definitely something to, to to keep an eye on if you're looking at the other fights on the card. As I was doing my quick homework for for getting to get ready to do the podcast today, so I guess we might as well start with the opener uh, with Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Manifold. Yeah, um, Crute comes in ranked number twelve. Uh, Manifold's not ranked, but um, coming off of a couple. Uh, Couple good beat downs. Um, one beat against a guy who had a fake record and, and uh, eventually tested positive for mm. for steroids. Oh, that's um, that guy, yeah, that we talked to Jay about. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I'm I am going with Menafield though. Um, I, I or Menafield. Um, I feel like he. Uh, I feel like he packs a big enough punch where he'll catch Crute and uh, and and finish him. Um, Crute's kind of had some up and down success, mm-hmm. although his losses were to uh, Anthony Smith and uh, and Jamal Hill in his last fight. Um, he he you know he took punches in both of those fights, and that's how he was. Uh, well, he had a leg injury against Anthony Smith, but I, I have a feeling that that Menafield will land uh, a hard punch and 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 do some damage. Although it's uh, it's in Australia and, and Crute's Australian, so mm-hmm. um, that do you think that's why they have uh, Menafield as an underdog? Uh no, I think Crute probably to the betting public is more known and and mm. um but I just and and I you know I could be I could be way wrong I just I it's one of these fights to me it's kind of a coin flip despite the odds and I think uh, I think Menafield will just land something to uh yeah I think to, so to too damage and then we're looking at Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter a f- yeah a fight kind of moved to the uh, main card late uh, as Junior Taffa's fight was pulled uh due to him suffering an injury um i think this is you know i think this is kind of their uh their hamasi ward fight essentially mm. 
pretty much just probably going to get a couple bangers. I'll, I'm going to go with Toffa to land a big shot and, and win by knockout. I don't think that they would put him on the main card if the UFC didn't think that. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do we have odds on this one? I mean, am I way off here too? No, they got it's almost a coin flip minus one forty plus one twenty. Yeah, so it's pretty even. Um, but you know, I'll go with the New Zealander here to uh, to again probably start. Hopefully, you know, as a fan, hopefully start the night off with the second KO of the of the uh, mm. the main card and, and kind of you know make it worth the uh, worth the money to as opposed to some drawn out uh, laboring heavyweight fight. And then this this fight, uh, I have no like, I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> Jack Della Madalena versus Randy Brown. Um, I'm not sure why this is on the uh, I mean, it's the, the third moment. best fight on paper. Madalena's on a long fight, a long win streak. Uh, he lost his first two pro fights, so he's won his last 13. Mm-hmm. Randy Brown's on like a four fight win streak, including uh, you I know, I feel like nice this would have been better as the as the, the lead in from ESPN, though. There's just no depth to the card. I <laughs> yeah. mean, you just you, you, it's kind of it's kind of what it is. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm picking Madalena to win by decision. Randy mm-hmm. Brown obviously is on a nice little streak himself, he had the one armed uh rear naked choke against cowboy Oliveira on the, mm-hmm. on the, on the Jacksonville, uh, out of pandemic, uh, first show two sixty one, Um, and he, and he's been successful, but, uh, 13 fight win streak. Um, seems like he found his way after losing his first two fights. So uh, I'll go with him, but really these are all just kind of, uh, you know, get your beers cold and, and, uh, mm. you know, get, yeah. get your gear food, food on the grill fights to, to get ready for the last two of the night. Yeah, I'm going for I'm going Randy Brown on this one. I just feel like uh I feel like he could he could uh, pull off a, a decision. Uh yeah, this is the co is this the co main event? Yeah, Yair Rodriguez, who fights as often as Haley's Comet passes the earth, um <laughs> is facing Josh Emmett. And uh I mean I I normally because I'm Mexican, I I root for the Mexican guy, but I just want Josh Emmett to win because because I'm I'm I, I'm bothered by the infrequency of Rodriguez's. Uh, I I hear he's uh, you know I, I know he got mouthy with Mike Michael Bisping once and he's I mean I know Yayo Rodriguez is probably going to win. What are the odds here? They have him as a favorite. It's close. Sixty-five. Yeah. I I picked Emmett the other day and I'm going to stick with that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I I think he's going to kind of bulldog his way in, kind of Chandler style, and, and I think that uh. If you if you can get in tight now he's gonna have to go through the leg kicks he's gonna have to get through the length of Yair but if he's able to get in and kind of force his way in mm-hmm. I think he can do a lot of damage from the side um, while his wrestling is not necessarily something we always see a little bit of a you know mystery although we hear he's a good wrestler um, I think that that's there and you know I. I for me, Yair, when 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 he loses, like you kind of, I've always feel like we've seen him fold a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah. and, and the Frankie Edgar fight always pops into my head. So yep. in my mind, if I'm Josh Emmett, I'm thinking like I need to get on the inside, I need to rough him up a little bit, maybe do some dirty boxing up against yeah, the cage, pressure, yeah. and get and get him down to the ground and and you 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 know get him out of his realm because he can't hit you with a spinning back elbow or a you know a spinning back kick or any of that stuff when you're uh, obviously on the ground. So. That's that's kind of where I'm I'm going with it. Um, I think it is a coin flip fight. I, I like the odds. I, I think Yair, Yair is the fair favorite, mm-hmm. slight favorite, um, based off of you know maybe skill sets um, yeah. and, and 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 flashiness that obviously the 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 
the betting public likes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has, and he has more, his wins have been more, uh, high profile, you know, that yeah. zombie, win, that zombie win is enough <laughs> mm-hmm. to be a highlight reel for all time and eternity. So, uh, but I, I think Emmett wins. I also think mm-hmm. it wins. Cause it just, you know, this whole thing being an interim title, I understand it with the Volkanovsky situation, but I, you know, I, I just think Emmett would be, will go down kind of as like the date, one of the Dave Manets, kind of a strange, mm-hmm. you know, champion. Um, and I don't necessarily think he has a long run there. I think you, if he runs you're picking Volkanovsky, Emmett too, right? I'm going to pick gonna... Emmett. Yeah. 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 All right, no, I just want to make I'm I'm making my notes as to as if I'm if I want to put any money down. I'm looking at the most interesting ones, and then we have our main event, which um, you know, I I talked to uh, Trevor Peak for Spectation Sports uh, last week, and uh, we had, we we talked about this fight, and uh, listening to him, you know, and I mean, I'll, my pick is going to be uh, Makachev simply because. I know Volkanovski brought in Craig Jones to like train his like uh, defense for submission defense, but it's not the same kind of grappling. If that makes sense to, to anybody out there, like the way these Dagestani guys grapple, it's not like jujitsu guys, which is where Craig Jones is. So I feel like that's not that that maybe it'll help him uh, defend against the kind of submission someone like Greg Jones is, but I, I don't think that's what Makachev brings to the table. He brings the, you know, the Khabib blueprint, which is just brutality and, and relentlessness like, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and all, you know, and yeah. And then when you bring the punching and stuff, Craig Jones is obviously yeah. the ankle lock and, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm picking uh, Islam as well to, to win by destruction. I think mm-hmm. he, I think he's just going to be too big. Um, I think he's just going to be able to, get the takedowns and I think he'll be able to um, be aggressive and, and I don't, you know, it's hard to say finish just because mm-hmm. um, there's too much respect for both guys, but I, yeah. I think Volkanovsky takes one on the chin here. And I think he goes back probably to 145 and, and eventually but, maybe <clears throat> gets another super fight with uh, Aljamain Sterling. If Sterling picks up another win, uh, you know, as, as the bigger guy in that mm-hmm. situation, or at least the even it, you know, Sterling's a big, big bantamweight, but um, that's an interesting stat here on the UFC website. They have the significant strikes um, with um, uh, Makachev being the leader. You would think with striking, that's where Volkanovski has the edge, but um, not not by their number. Of wins. I just think ground um, strikes, ground strikes mean significant strikes when Makachev takes a guy down mm-hmm. and has a flawless victory and hits yeah, him a thousand times. You that know? makes sense too. Yeah. Bobby Green kind of quick win thing, but. Uh, no, I mean I think it's an outstanding fight. I think uh, it, I would have like I I would have preferred Volkanovski maybe hold off, like I said, and wait for Sterling as that super fight and and let it let it uh, let uh, Islam uh, kind of marinate as a lightweight champion and, mm-hmm. and see what he can do in that division. Um, if Volkanovski wins, we end up with a double champ champ situation, which is fun for a day or two, but then it kind of throws a monkey wrench into everything. Um, I guess that's the nice thing about having the interim title. Mm-hmm. Maybe Volkanovski just, you know, a classy move would be to take the champ champ photos and then kind of relinquish the featherweight title that night and mm-hmm. just go, Hey, the guy who just won the fight prior to me, congratulations on being the new featherweight champion in the world. I'll, I'll be back to get it from you, you know, at a later date or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that would be cool. Cause otherwise we are holding up divisions and uh, you yeah, know, we yeah. want to see a bunch of interim title fights while the champ is, is, 
you know, being active, but kind of in another division. At least I don't want to see that. I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's ESPN plus pay-per-view fans by now have either figured out how to get it or uh, <laughs> never, never will pay for it. So, yeah. Um, you know, but it's a UFC pay-per-view and uh, yeah, usually I mean, for when it comes to MMA combat sports and these events around the weekend, they, they're the, they're the, they they draw the eyeballs and we'll be watching. So um um I guess that that's it. Uh next week we hope to have a guest on. Um I have to work out the, the timing. So um again, my apologies for no podcast last week. Again, I I had I, I lost the COVID lottery and, and finally got hit with the bug that's been getting everybody. And here I am. I'm I'm uh yeah, I'm pulled through with my uh, throat a little congested, but uh little tired and, and missing jujitsu for two weeks. But other than that, um, you know, I'm ready to get back, ready to get back rolling with the podcast and jujitsu and everything else. No, glad to have you back. And uh, just taking last week off, just saved me a bunch of embar- embarrassing Bellator picks. So um, <laughs> <laughs> fans can check out the show at combat hour on Twitter, coast to coast combat hour on Instagram. Follow me, Matthew Hawkins at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, and Old Head Carb on Twitch. And as always, you can watch our video podcast at allaccessmma.com. Check out allaccessmma.com for our video podcast, MMA news, and MMA stories. Ed, enjoy talking to you this weekend, and uh, we'll find out who the number one pound for pound in the UFC is by uh, early Sunday morning, your time. Peace. <laughs>